Hey everyone, and welcome to Plastic Climate Future. Boom! We did it, man. We did it again. I think that's number nine. We've done it nine times in a row and still going. That's better than a freaking cat, yeah? Better than cats. So here we are, y'all. Welcome to tonight. It's Tuesday, not Thursday, but it starts with the letter T, and that's close enough. And so, Matt, what do you? Who do we have tonight? We have a guy. You know, what's his name? We have uh, also someone from the same time zone, and it's oh. Jesper. Yes, I would say Munier. And yeah, we welcome Jesper tonight from uh, the company Claritaire, but he is also here as Jasper Munier, and we're also going to ask him some private questions, of course. So you still have the chance to escape now. Uh, Hi, guys. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much to be on the show. And to be honest, you know, only the introduction makes it worth it, right? To be honest, I mean, the jingle, the jingle is the reason to be here. You know, it's all it's all downhill from here. So bring it no, on. Uphill, 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 whatever you feel like. Climbing. We are ascending. We're using a mountain climbing metaphor, not a ski slope down the hill metaphor. Well, thanks again, guys. Love to be here. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming, Jesper, tonight. Um, I don't know you as as well as as John does, um, but I still will steal the first question because what I found out and what made me think uh, was that you've been a coach at Yes Delft in uh, oh. Delft. Yeah, yeah, and um, I know this actually because I've been there a couple of times, and uh, it's a uh, it's a place for startups young innovators students and already if you if you're in there it's it's there is so much power and the atmosphere is is, is so innovative and uh yeah maybe you can uh, start with sharing some experiences from there and how you ended up being a coach there yeah of course yeah sure yeah and just for a start you know i'm not a, i'm not a technician i'm an economics by uh, by training and uh, i'm into all kinds of public private finance um so that was the reason they asked me because of course these, these tech guys you know they they create really savvy solutions for all types of problems sometimes they you know they create a solution and they're looking for a problem um but they're always <laughs> looking for money right they're always looking for money so that was the reason they got me in there as a coach for that for that small part uh, of importance for many of these uh, of these startups but like you said it's a very vibrant um, environment um, very creative, uh, very energetic, and was back in the day when uh, when this uh, Yes Delft uh, uh, enterprise started, was one of the real startup communities in the Netherlands, at least, that was really kicking off and had a lot of traction. Um, so a lot of more great companies um, uh, came forth from there, um, and it was great to be, you know, it was just voluntary, of course, um, to share your knowledge and to help these young entrepreneurs um uh, to set their to set the stage for their future business um and uh, a lot of them succeeded and of course many of them didn't uh but it doesn't really matter right i mean you have to have within your economy you have to have these types of vibrant 
ecosystems for startups and um, and, uh, and young those innovators. So it was you know great to be there. I'm not really involved anymore. You know, things moved on, but um, it was a great time. Yeah. Yeah. So so you 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 just mentioned you, your background is actually in economics, but now you are uh, working in the world of plastics. Maybe yeah. tell us more uh, about this for our how, did you, how did you get here? <laughs> Yeah, well, I've, I've been a consultant for 18 years at my own consultancy firm, sold it, became partner at a bigger consultancy firm, um, did that for five years, always in the, you know, finance part, public-private finance, um, which was great. But after 18 years, uh, some sort of nagging midlife crisis started, I think, I don't know what it was. Um, but then I, I came along, the, uh, the COO, the former COO of Clariter, um, um, who was really, really a senior leader, and I really looked up to her. Um, and basically, it started off as an acquisition um, uh, from my side, uh, and it turned into, well, more of a job interview from her side. So that's basically how I ended up with Clariter, um, mm -hmm. as, um, as one of those quotes where, you know, okay, Jasper, you can talk great, but to be honest, put your money where your mouth is. Um, so <laughs> wouldn't, you be, wouldn't you like to join us? And to be honest, it was a great decision <laughs> in retro perspective yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, um, to join a company like Clariter, because... Well, as we started off tonight, you know, this is really something that is in the middle of transition, uh, plastics industry, uh, petrochemicals. It is, you know, it's really happening at the moment. So to be part of it is, well, it's just fantastic, to be honest. Um, yeah. And that, that, that's how I started um, as an economic um, consultancy type in this, uh, in this well, interesting world of both waste management, uh, yeah. not neglect the waste management side that is very important. Uh, and the petrochemicals on the, on the other hand, uh, and to be in the middle of that is well, it's 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 very entertaining. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, this is right down the alley of, of plastic climate future, Jasper, and uh, what we're, you know, uh, what we're talking about on on our uh, on our on our podcast, and also, I mean, uh, in our website, you can see some things that we're writing about and pointing to. Uh, but it, it's it's good to hear this stuff, and 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 goodness knows, <laughs> to put it politely, Matt and, and the audience, you know, uh, my 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 affection uh, for 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 you know technologies that, that are developing developed and developing industries that are are being uh, you know seeded and implemented. Uh, and, and yes, I come from a technology point of view. Matt does too, but Matt is 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 even you know much more broad than me. Matt's really really broad, uh, uh, and and it's really really refreshing and good to have someone from a finance background because, you know, indeed, you know, all this is is theoretical in a certain sense. Uh, if if there's if, if the financing is, is is not in place to to make it happen. You know, Absolutely. So, so anyway, uh, that, that's just some commentary on my part. The first thing that we can kick off this conversation is uh, because maybe some of the audience doesn't really is not familiar with with what Clariter is doing. Yeah. Um, how would you describe like what's the main main daily business that uh, Clariter is responsible for? And well, yeah, to be honest, let's circle back to Yes Delft. I mean, uh, Clariter is a startup with gray hair. It's still a startup. Uh, with gray hairs. It started off 19 years ago uh, with a professor in Poland named Spolitsky, um, who has, at the age of 84, uh, woke up one day and said, okay, geez, there is a lot of plastic waste out there. What can we do about it? 
Uh, and can I create a solution where we upcycle that waste into very valuable products? That's the narrative that started 19 years ago. Um, he stayed with us for, I, I believe, 10, 10 more years before he passed, passed away, uh, unfortunately. Um, but we stand on his shoulders. So basically, Clarator is a technology company that's developing, a cleaner company that's developing technology to upcycle plastic waste um, into very high purity, high valuable chemicals. Um, we, we create solvents, oils, and waxes, um, and we do that with a you know very our own perpetual um, uh, process technology, um, where we create uh, oils, solvents, and waxes uh, with an 85% yield. And that last part obviously is you know it's very high in this uh, in this uh, in this field, uh, and we're very proud of. Um, so we believe that we are well, one of the best solutions or well, the best solution for a lot of plastic waste out there um and that's uh, that's something we work on uh, very hard um mainly also with the, the plan behind me as you can see uh, you can't see it on the podcast but you can see it uh, matt and john uh, this is our our facility in east london south africa uh, where we have our first demonstration plant um based on the technology that we developed in poland and we still have in poland and we have an r d lab in, in poland where we do very advanced research both on the feedstock side on the process, but also, on, of course, on the application side. Um, and we demonstrated uh, there in South Africa. And we're trying to set up shop here in the Netherlands. Uh, I'm responsible as the business development manager for, for Northwest Europe. Uh, we have a site selection um, where we have said, listen, we want to focus on the Netherlands, Poland and Israel. Uh, and my job is to get the project going here in, uh, in the Netherlands. Wow, sounds great. Um, I think what is interesting and and uh, what probably even for me is is something that is kind of intriguing because whenever we talk about plastic waste, it's always about recycling, downcycling, and so on. And I think yeah. here you you have an example where you can actually, with innovation and technology, you can you can take the come down to the material level or molecular level uh, and yeah, really. Be take smart people, smart technology to make products which have a super high value or which which uh, what 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 do you call upcycling, but yeah. which basically um, close the loop in a way because from there you can start off all over again going down the value chain and then uh, uh, have Absolutely. a process which 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 is super circular in the end. Yeah, and, yeah. So we take the hydrocarbons and we we chose a different path than many of our competitors do. Right? What we said is this: and we we are not in the plastic to plastic business. Uh, we create we create from plastic waste. We create products uh, and products uh, that are, can be used in, in numerous of applications. Um, as a 100% drop-in. So that's yeah, our, yeah. our USP, our unique selling point in that way, um, where a lot of, of, of other processes uh, focus primarily on, you know, very important, uh, don't get me wrong, it's very important to make sure that the, all the, the hydrocarbons stay in the loop, of course, uh, but still technologies in, 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 in the developing phase that yields are still very low. Mm. And I think that is something that we have to bear in mind that we want to, make sure that we are less dependent on fossil fuels, um, make sure that the secondary raw materials that we have available are you know, being used that are best, you know, the best utilized. And I think that is something that uh, Claret is doing you know, very well. I, I, you know, I, I could not agree with uh, more with what you're saying, Jasper, and, and, and Matt, your commentary on this too, you know, and, and, and uh, 
it just just a word that 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 I'm partially using all the time. You know, I use it all the time. Uh, uh, <laughs> and and uh, okay, I'm I'm gonna avoid making any jokes here and just stick right to it. Uh, uh, <laughs> circularity. Come on, I use come word, on. I use, okay. I mean, the word scarlet. That's what I use all the time. The oh, word I use second is, is circularity. You know, <laughs> I'm always in pursuit of circularity. You know, uh, and I was in the discussion, uh, not today, but yesterday. Uh, I will not get, go into details, but it was uh, uh, one of the various acronyms <laughs> that I have to engage with, uh, associated with the work I do, uh, and uh, the, the, a discussion about circularity. And, and there was someone that was absolutely insistent that circularity is defined as uh, taking plastic that is at this point, a certain application, a bottle, say for example, yeah. or a certain application, and turning it right back into a bottle again, God for Derma, you know, that, that's circularity. And that's it's like, man, okay, yeah, that's circular, but that's not all of what circularity is, buddy. But it's like, yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, you know, make a fetish out of a phrase, a word, circularity. No, I mean, no, I mean, uh, and this is where I think Jasper and, and and I can't pronounce the name correctly. So, Jasper, say the name one, two, three. What's Clarity, my dear yeah. friend. Clarity. I mean, yeah. This is where they, where they 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 get a little bit more about circularity in what it, I think in a big yeah. sense it really means. It's like you know, it's you like know, John, finding think, multiple solutions yeah. to bring things back around and, and uh, to use things better. So, okay, I'm going to shut up. Again. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the. the um, so the circularity as a as a, a concept or a framework, if you will, um, it, you know, it's very important to get uh, to get a more of a ready around the flag uh, mm -hmm. approach here, right? I mean, get people in, into circularity. That's very good. Obviously, um, like you just mentioned, we encounter this this very narrow uh, narrow definition of circularity as well, right? I mean, we basically we make open loop on us. Um, mm -hmm. So what we do, our solvents can be used in in paints and inks, our oils can be used in all kinds of applications that are basically open loop applications. So, um, our waxes can be used for, you know, surf wax, for instance, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, but the, the fact of the matter is that these products are normally made, are, are used to be made out of fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. that's yeah. that's what it is. That's and what you have to look at is okay. Listen, so we we have this big pool of renewable carbon. So I don't know if you're familiar with the Renewable Carbon Initiative of the Nova Institute, uh, yeah, but it's yeah, it's, sure. it's absolutely worth uh, investigating. Um, and what they say is, okay, guys, we have this big pool of of of, of carbons, hydrocarbons, um, and we should make sure that we keep those in the loop as as best as possible and keep the fossil carbons in the ground. And that's what we do, right? I mean, we, we make sure that we utilize um, those carbons to the best for a, a, a possibility. And that is, uh, and that's what we all should do. Um, and try to prevent a lock-in with fossil fuels. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, if you do that, then basically you end up with using more fossil fuels. At least that's what I believe in. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm. You're talking about a cool topic that I'm. I'm a big fan of is is bio-based polymers and bio-based uh, polymer alternatives. Okay, that is something different. Huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I know, but but I think this Prefix is, this bio is what, what, what I wanted to bring in here as a as a as a counter uh, argument, also driven by by uh, the Nova Institute very much. Also, a lot uh, they they push the these technologies. Michael Karras. Uh, yeah, Michael Karras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, 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 very impressive guy. Like really Absolutely. inspiring person. Um, so maybe just just to kind of uh, clarify here at this point, because this can be might be a bit confusing. Also, um, like what is the difference about from the re renewable carbons that you're talking about to those yeah. bio-based uh, yeah. carbons? <laughs> Which yeah, also, uh, yeah, 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 absolutely good question. Uh, to, to make a clear distinction there. Well, it's not really a clear distinction in that respect. I mean, if you look at the Renewable Carbon Initiative and um, um, basically what they what they say, um, and which is you know, very clearly to understand here, is you have, we have three sources of carbon. So you can say, let's say you can recycle, that's what we do, um, uh, uh, try to utilize that. Um, but you also have the biosphere, uh, everything that could be made from the bio-based industry. Uh, and then you have CCU. So can you use uh, the Lanza Tech type of technologies? Can you use uh, 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 CO2 back into the back into the supply chain? Um, these are the three only three sources you have with respect to renewable carbons. The rest will come from the ground. So it will be oil, gas, coal, etc. Um, so basically, what we say is: listen, you know, we target the recycled portion. Uh, make sure that you utilize those uh, those carbons the best, and then. Um, um, when you look at bio-based, um, that clearly is something something different. Um, meaning that you can you can create many different products out of bio-based bio-based feedstock, uh, but it doesn't mean that they necessarily can intermingle with each other, right? I mean, if yeah, you yeah. look at our process, uh, I always say it, you know, as a, as a joke, but um, we have to clean our plastic waste since we just cannot make solvents out of ketchup. Uh, it, yeah. it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. that is exactly what it is. If you use a PLA, for instance, <clears throat> as a, as a, you know, as a very fantastic uh, uh, plastic, um, but it's it can't be chemically recycled at least yeah, not in yeah, our process. Yeah. Um, and it, it it that is that is something. Yeah. If I could kind of interject here a bit, I mean, what what I would what I would suggest here, it would be to put uh, you know two very important subjects into two separate files in this sense. Uh, my, 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 you know, I'm not an expert on chemical recycling, but I know, I know people that are, <laughs> you know, I know some experts and, 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 and rubbing shoulders with some of them, I'm getting a little bit better in knowing this. And what I would say is, is, you know, uh, chemical recycling technologies in the discussions that, that, that are taking place today, with the exception of, of the, of the, of the, of the, of the subfile of enzymatic recycling, uh, you know, are, 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 are not, you, you don't bring up the, the, the prefix bio. And then, so, so switch over to the other file, bio, with the prefix bio, bio-based, another very interesting domain, you know, where you have bio-based materials taking up maybe 2% of the value, 2% of the manufacturing uh, forever uh, in past, yeah. past, you know, moving forward. But, but I would separate these two in, in the areas. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily separate them, John. Sorry, I don't really agree Let with you. Let me hear this. Why? Let me hear it. All right. Okay. All right. So why? Because 
the, the, the system is interlinked. So you can't, so the waste management system, we're talking about end of life of bioplastics here, right? Okay. It's interlinked. Um, if you, if you, if you want to, if you really want to stimulate uptake of um, uh, bio-based plastics, uh, which, you know, there are very good arguments to do so, uh, you have to make sure that the end-of-life process is also in place to make sure that they can, they can then be utilized uh, and to be used as a secondary raw material or back into the oh, loop, man. if you will. That and I fully you, agree with. Let's take PLA. And, and, and as, yeah. an, as an uh, economist here, I can say, okay, so from a technical perspective, yes, it's very easy to take a near-infrared scanner um, and to you know to to blow out uh, all the PLA in your in your waste stream, uh, it's not that hard. Um, but it's all economics, right? I mean, how much PLA waste is in that stream, mm -hmm. and is yeah. it worth to have one dedicated near infrared scanner taking yeah. out the PLA plastics? Yeah. And just at the, at this moment, and it's a chicken egg discussion, but at this uh -huh. moment, it, it's very limited, very limited amount. If it will increase to let's say I don't know one two percent. It's even still a limited amount, and most likely not even viable from an economic perspective to have a dedicated uh, a dedicated detection system there. Yeah. But yeah. if you really want to make traction there, then you should. For Perolis's perspective, having PLA in your stream is a nightmare. It just it's what I understand yeah. from the technicians at our place uh, uh, and our R and D department is whatever you do, don't put PLA uh, or whatever yeah. bio based plastic in our, yeah. in our stream. Yeah. It's a nightmare. You know, I mean, um, I, I'm gonna, you know, uh, PLA. I mean, uh, Matt, Matt can, Matt, Matt can, uh, I can substantiate this with with commentary that's out there on the web on YouTube videos. So I'm not just saying this to make it up. Uh, my, I had an obsession with PLA and biopolymers about eight months ago. Uh, <laughs> there, circa there about, and and uh, so so I know a little bit about this area too. And and uh, you know, uh, you know what what what's interesting in circa eight months ago investigating that was, was learning about you go to the the, the big uh, uh, entities out there say in belgium that that are you know commercial composting and, and you ask you say pla you know and they just say no we don't want pla yeah. <laughs> keep it yeah. away you know so it's like yeah. what is this you know uh <laughs> that was kind of my first kind of like inkling you know uh and, and and so so i think pla has its place definitely uh, but 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 when you add to that, that if you will composting commercial composting facilities, at least that's one piece of one piece of data. So Edisonian, I admit it, uh, uh, that pushes it away. Uh, and then you say if you, you look at chemical recycling as technology, the uh, another type of way of dealing with it, saying we don't want that either. Then then it, more and more the case uh, for PLA being like, wow, yeah, really cool. Stay there at two percent or whatever it is in the total percent of the uh, amount of mm. polymers produced, and find your boutique applications, which are very important. Go to your you know rock and roll shows and close the loop there. Fine, whatever. Uh, but 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 as a mass market solution, yeah, you know. Okay, but this yeah, is but, but remember we had it once we had a we had a someone from a, from a biopolymer company on the podcast and. Um, but his kind of dream and vision, of course, he's also, he was also very realistic. It was Jörg from Biofiber, and he was very realistic that um, it's it's not happening because of these economic reasons, as you said, and um, simply the infrastructure that needs to be as built up, and someone has Absolutely. to pay for it, and someone needs yeah. to get 
mm. the money back back that he invested in there. So you need to have this certain yeah. amount. But on the other hand, um, what what he predicted is is that if we really want like have the sustainable vision with the types of plastics that we're using now, we will have to scale up bio-based uh, polymers. Like what what are do you, how do you see that because coming from 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 the recycling space like other real chances is it is it realistic or what what would have to happen in order to to really oh. move forward so i think that you know here you have to at least that's where from where i sit in you have to look at um the economy on a whole and look at, at at big big petrochemical companies that are you know what are they doing they're they're diverting their streams um, um uh, in the oil markets to chemicals to high valuable chemicals and a lot of it has to do with plastics if it will plastics is going on a you know compounded annual growth rate of more than four uh, percent for the next 30 40 years so there is no to be honest it's not realistic to say that you know fossil fuels won't be there in 30 years i don't believe it um they will be there in 30 years and they'll be yeah. but they will be more used for chemicals mm -hmm. um a, a lot of a lot of the energy transition will will make sure that petrochemical companies um uh, will have to divert their streams to to chemicals that's mm -hmm. what's going to happen so yes you you may want to have bioplastics and bio-based uh, products that's all you know that's all at your service but don't forget that this is a very, very big influential industry with a lot of assets. And the last thing they want to do as a CEO or a CFO is to explain to their shareholders, listen, I'm the one who's responsible for the stranded assets. Uh, sorry, we have to die invest. Um, it's going to cost you money. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah, but to be honest, it's just plain economics. So uh, I think uh, yeah. that, yeah, fossil-based yeah. plastics will be there uh, for many years. I, I, I think there has to be, a, you know, uh, a coexistence based on just a common sense coexistence over time of phasing course. out you know i Absolutely. mean and, and uh but you know and, and uh you know uh, uh just looking at you know certain industries that that are that are developing like the chemical recycling industry uh and link and and, and link to different value chains including the plastics value chain but but maybe even other value chains right right but you have to find your space there and i think that yeah. if you look at bioplastics and, and the, the, the the person you're just referring to from biofiber if i'm not if I'm yeah, sorry, so that so they so what what do you have to do as a as a startup i don't know if you're a startup just as a, from a startup perspective yeah. if you have to find your you have to find your space you have to find mm -hmm. your 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 target market um and if you if you're not in the right space you have to pivot and see listen is there a different field where i can do i can tell you for one thing that from a policy perspective you know end of life solutions have to be in place for your product so mm -hmm. if there's not a, a suitable end of life solution mm -hmm. for their bio-based products um, then basically what the policy will say is, listen, guys, sorry, but, you know, incineration ain't it, landfilling ain't it. Mm -hmm. So if chemical recycling doesn't want you, if, if composting doesn't work because you're not biodegradable, <laughs> well, you know, find a different one. Uh, look at a closed-loop solution in, a, in some sort of, uh, you know, take-back system um, and good riddance. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Um, I, I got a question. I got a question. If you, uh, 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 I'd be really, really interested to have your input on this, Jasper. I mean, and this uh, going, going, looking, looking at uh, to, coming back to to the to the issue of. I don't know if we talked about it. So coming back to it at some point in time, anyway, the 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 the, the, the term, you know, plastic waste. Yeah, and, and and you know the numbers. Uh, what, you know what what are you know the more recent numbers, twenty eight mm. to thirty million tons here in mm. Europe of plastic waste per mm. year. You yeah. know, uh, and and uh, a small percentage of that going into recycling. Mm. So a huge amount of stuff out there. You know. Yeah. Uh, and then then you look at you know uh, you have some expertise. Uh, based on your role uh, and your mm. company uh, on the chemical recycling industry and how that plugs in, you know something about how important that is for Europe. Mm. Uh, from 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 uh, take the EU, uh, you know, and take business, you know, take take the chemical petrochemical industry. Uh, there, there's a, a lot of stakeholders that 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 are wanting this to work because it's important. You know, um, then uh, what do you think about the development of that industry? You look at it today in terms of its, its footprint on the ground, in terms of capacity, uh, and you look at the, the huge mountain of plastic waste, and and, and you as a especially as a finance guy, you know, how, how do you see in the next five to ten years, you know, uh, chemical recycling as that link in that part of the value chain being able to grow? Finance-wise, et cetera, economically, yeah. to 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 actually step up and help solve problems along with mechanical recycling, of course. Yeah. So, all right. So there are many different angles to answer your question. Yeah. <laughs> that was I, I, even, I even would say now. Let me start off with this one. I even would say there is an answer um, that I would give you, let's say, three weeks ago, and there is an answer I can give you today. Wow. Um, the answer three weeks ago would be, um, you know, the petrochemical industry um, uh, and the European Commission and Europe sees that um, uh, in order to have a, to make sure that the petrochemical industry is ready for the Green Deal, is ready for net zero 2050, um, they need to make sure they make a transition also in the feedstock side. Um, and you see a lot of attention in the energy transition. But you don't see a lot of attention in the in the sustainable feedstock side for the petrochemical industry. So from there, if you just consider that mechanical recycling, yes, has its role. It could, it will increase. It should increase. It, uh, it definitely is going to increase. Uh, but it's you know up to a limited amount. And I leave it to the you know to the scientists to say okay what the exact percentage will be. I'm not an expert on that. But a big portion of the space for plastic waste um, can be taken up by chemical recycling, whether it's pyrolysis, decarbonization, other types of techniques. Doesn't matter, you know, chemical recycling has a space. Mm. Now we're three weeks later, and we see that um, the world has shifted tremendously with the invasion of Ukraine and what's happening over there. Mm-hmm. And you see the discussion going on on the dependency on Russian oil and Russian gas and other fossils. And what you're gonna, what you, what, what we're, what we're witnessing at the moment is um, enormous traction. But honestly, it's, 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 it's imperative what we see here. The European Commission Borrell today said, "Listen, our dependency on Russian oil should be abandoned as soon as possible, uh, and all gloves are off." If 
for God forbid, um, Putin would say, listen, I would even step up even further and close every energy supply to Europe. We are having a major problem. Energy security will be uh, much more important than recycling. Mm, so yeah, if yeah. if that would happen, then we could even end up in a situation that we say, listen, you know, crank up incineration as much as possible, yeah, uh, yeah. gasification as much as possible, mm, just yeah. to make sure the energy system doesn't collapse. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know where we stand in five years. I sincerely hope we. I will stick to my first answer. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, but realistically, uh, it could well happen that we would say, listen, we have to. Even here in the Netherlands, where I am, um, as you might know, we have some gas fields here, um, and we have huge problems with gas fields that are depleting, and because they're depleting, they're collapsing-ish, uh, causing earthquakes with all horrible uh, tragedies in, in the vicinity of people living there. Mm. Um, even that is, uh, because we said we're gonna close down those gas fields, all, already that's being debated as an alternative. So listen, you know, if we can't get Russian, Russian gas and we can't crank up uh, LNG um, because of the infrastructure, we need to do that. So I don't know, John. This is indeed a concern. Uh, uh, I, I've actually had a fear about this too, as, as, as like a worst case scenario, you know, uh, that, 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 that the current events can, can really spiral into a much terrible situation fast and take uh, the issues of sustainability uh, and, and developing uh, circularity, green deal economy, et cetera, da, 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 off the mm. table for a while. Uh, that that I, I have my concerns about that too. And I have the upside, the sunshine side, and that is the resolve uh, of, of, of yeah. uh, the European community uh, and, and its friends, the West, let's call it that nominally speaking, uh, to say, damn it, no. This, you know, it, it, absolutely despite, no. even despite yeah. the situation, this is who we are. This is who Ukraine wants to be. Uh, this is this is the economy of the present and the in the future. Uh, and damn it, this is what yeah. we're going to do. Uh, and that's what I think we should stand on. Okay, uh, commentaries. No, Matt, over to you, sir. Well, but John, I think let me respond to that. I think you're absolutely right. I mean. Recently, I saw an interview with um, um, with uh, with Diederik Samson, uh, um, secretary to uh, to Franz Timmermans, responsible for the Fit for 55 program um, and the Green Deal. And you know, he said the same thing. He said, "Listen, this is momentum. You know, mm. uh, this is a terrible crisis that's on our hands. Mm. Um, uh, we should deal with it accordingly, and even you know, accelerate the transition." Um, towards a net zero of 2050. Yeah, yeah. And and chemical recycling, just to give you back to my first answer, mm -hmm. chemical recycling is a solution to make sure that we're less dependent on fossil fuels. That's Absolutely. what we just discussed, right? Absolutely. I mean, so from that perspective, I would say, you know, well, let's go all in. And that's also the narrative that we're bringing across, that we're bringing across to, to the European Commission. Sorry, you're taking me over to Matt. Over to Matt. <laughs> rather than me because i don't want to take up too much of the mic i mean you you talk all you want but i just want to i have a tendency to well i think just to to uh maybe also change the topic a bit um but i have uh, i got inspired by the inspiration uh, by the international aspect of these questions because um i was wondering because you you, you already mentioned you were working in uh in south africa in poland and and basically active in globally and uh 
Do you have any peculiar differences or or also attitudes that you experience in the different regions, how people treat plastic waste, the, the, mm. the recycling questions and so on. Is there something that, that that comes to your mind which is like, yeah, you know, I'm used to this behavior, but when you go to South Africa, for, uh, South Africa, for example, it makes it much easier because the people are used to collect waste or something like that. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I can't really talk on that topic, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm, I'm not too much of a Northwestern European guy, to be honest. Um, so, but what, of course, what you, what you, what we see, what we witness in, in, in scouting new locations for our, uh, for our facilities, is obviously that the, the waste management system has to be in place in order to give uh, chemical recycling uh, a, a position there. Um, so, if you don't have a, a, a good collection, if you don't have sorting, then it's going to be very hard to implement uh, to implement chemical recycling. So, mm. you know, there is still a lot of work to do there. Um, but again, I think that Europe is setting the stage for for. But for even Europe, recycling. like I've I've been teaching some students uh, just recently, and 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 we were talking about uh, value chains, and then we were looking at the recycling rates in Europe, and they differ yeah. between Lithuania with seventy percent to Malta mm, with eleven yeah. percent. So that's yeah. like a huge difference, even within uh, within a, a relatively small small region. Yeah, and I think I think now you're touching on uh, 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 everything is tied back to politics and tied back to uh, policies in that respect, uh, Matt. I mean, if you look at uh, current legislation that's being implemented on how you calculate recycling, um, that's that it is much you know tighter and more mm -hmm. defined than it was, let's say, two years ago. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Making, for instance, just to to keep it very close to myself, if you look at the Netherlands. Netherlands was very good at recycling, you know, we're, uh, uh, touching on the 45-ish, 50% uh, 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 recycling rate on plastic waste. Um, but if you look at the new way of calculation, according to the European Commission, we tumbled back to 37%. Oh, right. Um, oh, that's, that's interesting. Uh, that's a big difference <laughs> considering all the, 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 well, the, the, the cubic meters of plastic waste out there. Um, so it's uh, a lot of to do has again statistics and economics and stuff like that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah one, one last question uh, because you, obviously I'm, I'm Polish and you talked about uh, the history of your company being rooted in Poland. Uh, have you ever been there? Is there yeah, for yeah? sure. What can you what stick to into in your mind? What what is interesting from your point of view? Maybe I can comment on this one. <laughs> right, right. I there was something that like, would really about surprise politics, you. Uh, world no, 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 not really politics. <laughs> like, I let's 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 go back to people. Like, let's let's talk about some. No, 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 I know, but <laughs> no, of course, I know, I know where you're going, right? I know where they're going, and I don't want to. No, know, it can be also plastics. Step. It okay, we can also uh, we can also connect it to plastics. You know, I I, think, okay. Let's uh, to be honest. So I think that. Um, also in Poland, what you what you what you're witnessing is um, the Western the Western world dumping their 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 stuff in in other countries. For instance, Poland, right? There is a lot of waste from mm -hmm. from Western European countries in that in, a, in that area. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, we are obliged to help Poland and other countries to mm -hmm. see okay how to deal with that. Right? It's our mess. We clean it up. Um, and I think that um, um, it, I think it's 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 superb. It's honestly, I, mean, I think it's fantastic 
that a company like Clarity rooted in Poland. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of these solutions come from Western European or, or American companies, right? Mm -hmm. um, but being an Eastern European company or roots in Eastern European, in Eastern Europe at least, or mid Europe, uh, that is that's absolutely that's mm -hmm. fantastic, and I really really hope that we succeed in having a, a, our first uh, full scale plant. Um, or, well, let it be the second one. I want the first one in Netherlands, of course, but still. Uh, and this internal competition here, um, but uh, <laughs> uh, that we have our, our, our full-scale plant in, in Poland um, as a demonstration that, yes, it is possible uh, to have this, these great facilities also in these countries. Uh, um, to be honest, as, as, a, as a Dutch person, um, uh, you know, we, we tend to look down on, on Eastern European countries, which is, uh, I had a company in Bulgaria once, mm -hmm. um, it wasn't. It was a great learning curve. I can tell you that. Uh, but still, you know, these, the history of these countries is it's enormous, right? I mean, yeah. let's face it. Um, yeah. um, if you look at Poland currently, it's it's unbelievable uh, what yeah. they what they're going through. Yeah. yeah if, if I'm if, sorry, Matt, I'll let you take over again. Sorry, but just just quickly. I mean, my, my observation is is the same. I mean, you know, not just what we see in the mass media over the past month. But, but wow, what a reminder of uh, of of the of the uh, of the fortitude of, of of people there. I mean, the Slavic culture, you call it that, you know, of course, it's now yeah. Slavic fighting Slavic because of some idiot, you know, uh, but but uh, but but just the real power of this culture, you know, it's just really. You know, as 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 a dumb American from Arkansas, it's like, wow, man, <laughs> that's really reach back. You know, reach back, reach back. Oh. Well, that's that's a beautiful closing, I think. Um, so, <laughs> we we will we will definitely like we will we will definitely get more people now for listeners from from. Uh, uh, Eastern European countries based on this one. Uh, <laughs> well, we always, so, yeah, we, sure. we always close our, our discussions with a little hobby that we have. And, and we always ask our guests about two or three songs that uh, they want to put on, on, on our playlist because we have a Plastic Climate Future playlist, which is kind of well. reflecting to the guests that we had because we always mention who put which song uh, uh, cool. to the playlist. But also maybe just, just gives a bit of a branding to the Plastic Climate Future. So if you have two or three songs that you think sure. we should push, uh, put on the, on the playlist and which kind of connect either to you or to the podcast, yeah, yeah, I got, I got. So I, you know, I was thinking about this question. I, I think it was the hardest question to answer in, <laughs> in preparation of this podcast. To be honest, and Matt, I think, okay, how can I, you know, give it, give it something to it. Um, so I was thinking, okay, you know, I, I really dig into Nina Simone. I really love Nina Simone, right? And I think if you look at Nina Simone's song uh, called "The Sinner Man." Um, I find it, you know, you can relate that back to the old chemistry and old, you know, fossil fuel <laughs> industry, well, as a cinnamon itself, right? And trying to hide uh, away from it, uh, but still they have to account for what they what Very they good. have done and what they will be doing. <laughs> wow. So cinnamon for the old industry. Now, well. as a as a counterbalance <laughs> to that, right? As a counterbalance, like okay, okay. So you know, startups ain't all it, right? I mean, let's face it. You know, we have our flaws and stuff like that, and. Uh, and still, we need big cam in order to succeed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, I was thinking about the Rolling Stones. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can't always get what you want. But you yeah. try yeah. to find. <laughs> just by yeah. find, you get what you need. Yeah, yeah great, exactly. Great. 
and then and then as a closure on that one as a closure on on the, on the and, and 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 i really want to close off with that one because um let's face it what's happening in ukraine is is horrible what putin is doing to this country is 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 horrific um and he's taking everybody hostage and it's 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 unbelievable but still we shouldn't blame russians on it right we yeah. should blame putin we shouldn't blame russians and i think if you look the at leadership, there, some yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and I think that there's a there there are many great uh, artists out there in Russia, uh, and one of it, um, my personal favorite is Prokofiev, and I really love Prokofiev not only for Romeo and Julia, not only for Peter and Wolf, uh, but especially for Symphony Number no. Five of Prokofiev. I really there's a lot of it's a very vibrant piece uh, of work. Uh-huh. Of I, I suggest we put there. that as your first uh, your first uh, suggestion, and then the other two to follow. Yeah. For sure. Okay, well, that's all. That's all your editing, John. I, I do it. Do it when you do it. What you like. But I really, I really enjoy that piece. Um, um, and and I think that's very good. Great. Well, that's that's uh, very powerful choices, I think. And then yeah. also with these explanations, uh, it's uh... <laughs> <laughs> well. Thanks a lot for 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 being here tonight with us, and and also these amazing insights into chemical recycling, the future of the recycling industry, uh, and also a bit of a reflection on the current situation. So I think um, we're we're happy to to come back to to verify some of your uh, some of your statements that you said today and uh, I hope we can meet in the Netherlands and then record another podcast live it would be fantastic yeah looking forward to it yeah great thanks a lot